Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends on a brand spanking new episode of Rock Metal Combat Podcast with uh, the little bitch uh, Slobzilla and his little boyfriend uh, Brown Sabbath. Fucking quiz! You guys can go straight to hell. Fuck them. Let's get naughty. Smack him a guy, bang bang, pizza skulls. It is I, almost human. And with me is... Oh! What do you know? What do you say? Wadzilla, baby! Oh, Polly died, man. Yeah! Tony... How the fuck you say his name? Uh, Cicero, I think. Or Sekiro? I don't know. Polly Walnuts, then. Yeah, it's, Paul, it's pronounced Polly Walnuts. Oh, man. Polly Gaultieri is dead. And fucking Sonny Corleone. Yep. Oh, man, and Henry Hill. What the fuck's going on around here? Well, Henry Hill died a long time ago. Well, no, but, uh, you know, Ray Liotta. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, fucking all, all the good... It doesn't pay to be a gangster anymore. Yeah, you all die when you get old. What's the point? Oh, man. Oh, but other than that, I'm doing good. How you doing? Well, I'm a bit hungover from last night, and I don't drink, so you figure it out. Oh, rough, rough. Yeah, I'm not supposed to be drinking because I'm on call, but fuck it, I got a show to do. I got to be funny. And you have to drink or do drugs, you know, to be funny or to write good music. That is a fact. I don't make the rules. I just enforce them. We're, we're, we're awesome, man, and you're the drunk one. Then I must be on drugs. Yes. Because if I'm not on drugs, then, you know, we're, it's like a three-wheel car. <laughs> yep, we need that bouncy wheel. Yeah. Oh my uh, God. Uh, it'll be uh, it'll be my pick a week, and you're still gonna go first. Right. But just to keep you interested in everybody else, and I don't even know if you're gonna like this song. You probably won't. I don't care. I discovered an album that I consider a fucking masterpiece. That I've I'm not lying to you. I have listened to at least four times a day since Monday. And it came out in 1982. Oh. Yeah. Toto 4? Huh? Toto 4? <laughs> I'm going to go on Wikipedia now to see if that came out in 1982. <laughs> Toto 4. I wonder if you knew that. It came out in 82. <laughs> I could be wrong. It could be 81. Who the fuck keeps up with, the, with Toto? <laughs> and I like <laughs> Toto, by the way. I don't know, you know, I, I check the weather, you know, check the rains down in Africa, you know, I, I try to keep up to date. That's, that's a good band, though, even though I, I own, like, I think just the first album, but I like Africa. Yeah, oh, I don't I don't mind Toto, and to tell you the truth, man, I was listening to, I've really been enjoying uh, Derek Sherinian's solo albums, and, and man, he just has, like, all these A-list musicians playing. Uh, and, and has ever since he started putting out solo shit. And I was listening to one the other day, and the guitar was so good. I was like, fuck, you know, who, who plays guitar on this? You know, because I, I downloaded the shit, you know, I'm a thief. Uh, so I, I checked on Wikipedia, and it was Steve Luthaker. And I was yeah, like, I don't know, the, guy, the guy's a badass. Dude. You know, oh, man. You know it's, it's him and Eddie on Beat It, you know. Right, yeah, no, and, and he was one of uh, Eddie's favorite guitar players. He's like, this guy can do anything. 
And I, I mean, and, and pretty much all the guys in Toto were uh, yeah, top-notch session musicians. A lot of them played, all the different members played on all kinds of shit you would never expect. Like, holy fuck, you know? They, you know, different artists from different genres, you know, but all these huge hits. It's them playing, the, you know, the drums, the bass, the guitar and stuff. They were all, you know, incredible musicians. I don't, I don't, I don't like all their shit, but, you know, I, I like a lot of it, you know? Yeah, I dig it, but I'm not like a follower. Right. I like right. Well, if you were, you knew Toto 4 came out in 82. Exactly. <laughs> I would have corrected you. Because <laughs> I don't think, I'm going to, fuck that. I'm getting on fucking Wikipedia right now. All right, check it out. <laughs> Toto 4, right? Do they, yeah. do they have an album called Toto 4? Yeah, that's the one with uh, Africa and Rosanna and shit. All right. Yeah, I got to get that one. Yeah, Rosanna's another good one. Yeah. Rosanna, Rosanna, Dana. Toto 4. <laughs> oh, man. April 8th, 1982. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah! Yeah. Yeah. yeah! 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 Who's the rock sponge yeah. now, Baldy? Yeah, that's right. That's right. I've been schooled. I've been schooled with Toto knowledge. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. this album, man. And, and now, now I'm gonna be proud when you get to your pick of the week. You're like Toto Four. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you guessed it all wrong. Uh, <laughs> no, but it's so good. What I'm talking, what I'm gonna talk about later. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I, I wrote Lee. I said, Lee, do you know this album? And Lee goes, uh, I know two songs off it. And then <laughs> back, I'm gonna study it. Let's do a show. And I was yeah, like, he's, he's like. I'm going to go on a Lee Gertzman show and talk about this shit. Lee was, Lee like, was like, I know Africa and <laughs> Lee wrote me a message this week and uh, he goes, you do a really good impression. <laughs> yeah. He wrote <laughs> me too saying he wasn't feeling too good and we made him laugh. Uh, and, uh, and then he, he's like, thank you. I have to do a show with Mark Alden Taylor, so I'm normally depressed. <laughs> Holy shit! How about how about Mark Alden Taylor's uh, meltdown after uh, after our last episode? Oh, I was joking. People don't know when I'm getting around. Holy shit! I saw this barrage of posts in my. I wasn't on Facebook a whole bunch this week, but when I was, I saw all this shit from Mark. And then I noticed that I had to add Mark back to the uh, the podcast page and, and, and to my personal page. And I'm like, holy shit. You know, it's like, you know, somebody was snorting Zima and said, fuck it, I'm leaving. Yeah, he, he makes a post saying that I said yeah. that he should stop the show. Well, that is the beauty of this show. No matter what happens nine times out of ten I say it and you get blamed for it <laughs> oh, did, did you say it uh well oh, fucking Marcus Welby I probably said something to the effect but joking I, I pulled I pulled the trick out of Mark's bag I, I'm joking you know okay, we were it, hey, it's a joke every time Mark gets mad at us yeah joke you yeah. don't I'm kidding around yeah we, we and, and let this be for the record okay 
we do love Mark. Okay, he's yeah. a, he's a funny guy, but you know, I stick by everything we said on the last episode. He's dramatic. He's always looking for a response. He's doing this and that. We don't hate the guy though, and I. I honestly can't say I hate the show because I've never heard one fucking episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But, uh, oh my god, I, I saw all these posts he made like, oh, fucking drama-rama. Yeah, and he oh. uses me as a, like I said. I'm like, you know, yeah. you know, man, what the fuck, man? But how, how many times can I wish death on people and all this horrible shit that I do? And somehow you're the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, never it never fails. But I'm only the bad guy to idiots. Uh, uh, no offense, Mark. <laughs> oh God. Uh, but yeah, that, that that was entertaining to read this weekend. But you know what else? We're drunk. We're funny. Yeah, <laughs> listen to us. Listen to us. We're funny. Damn it, laugh. Yeah, and Lee's like. No, don't listen to us. If we're successful, my sister will raise the rent. You know? <laughs> yeah, you know, that's the beautiful thing about Lee, too, because you never listen to the show. I, I have. Not a regular listener, but I do listen to it. That There's times Mark bitches at Lee because Lee won't promote the free form, but he'll promote his shit. And, and Lee is straight up. He goes, because I don't want to promote this shit. Yeah, he goes, he really makes it known that he just doesn't care about the free... He's there every week, but he doesn't care to promote it. <laughs> He'll promote anything else. His, his music, everything. But when it comes to promoting that, he's like, no, oh, you know, when, when I was on... No, no, he was on my show, I think. Yeah, it was uh, a YouTube episode out of on. Yeah. Hey, so plug your shit. And he plugs everything but Freeform, and I'm like... <laughs> I, go, I go, yeah, but... And also Freeform goes, ah! I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I love Lee so much, I will guest on Freeform Rock Podcast, but I hate Mark so much, I won't listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'll uh, that one, too. You know uh, what he does on his show? I mean, he does his, uh, you know, uh, you know, to be different. I get it, you know. He doesn't want to be like all of us. But um, what he'll do during his show is like, you know, they'll talk at They'll talk about a record, and then and then he'll ask the guest to pick three songs off off the record, or is it two songs? I can't remember. And um, then they'll play the song and go back into the review, and it's like, I don't know about that. I don't know. You know, people listen to podcasts, listen to talk, not music. You know, so I don't know if me and you are, are jabbering about a song. Whether you love it and I hate it, or I love it and you hate it, or we both love it, people will go, oh, let me go on YouTube, let me pause this and check it out, if they want to hear a fucking song, or if they just want to hear us talk. But you keep doing your what you're doing, Mark. It ain't working, but, you know, <laughs> whatever, dude, do your thing. <laughs> I, know, I know when I listen, the rare times I listen to an episode and they pick a song, I'm like, oh, let me keep going forward. And especially, like, let's say they review an album we all know, I think we got to listen to a song we know instead of talk, hearing people talk about the album we want to hear different opinions on. No, we got, we're got we forced to listen to Ice Cream Man for the millionth time, you know? And then we'll find out what they think about On Fire. Uh, apparently what Mark's trying to do is, is bankrupt uh, 
Metal Mike because I heard he just got sued for not paying royalties for Chumbawamba for Mark's <laughs> show. Man, yeah. man, I refuse to listen to that shit. Mark Daly's always like, oh, he's playing this, he's playing Duran Duran, he's playing that. I'm like, whatever, man. Whatever. Mark starts a whiskey drink, he's, he's, he sniffs a vodka drink. Yeah. <laughs> he sniffs it off. I know I, uh, Mark was like, dude, 9 o'clock tonight, Mark's going to be on. I, I was like, oh, dude, what a bummer. Tonight I'm, uh, tonight I had plans to listen to songs where I don't get interrupted by a shitty song. <laughs> so. Oh, God. Well, speaking of fans and everything, we need, we need to talk about ours because we've got some iTunes reviews and some Podbean reviews. All right. All right. We got a five-star iTunes review. This one from O O get Guterres. Oh Guterres, our love holds on. Holds on. O Guterres ninety three. Five star review titled "Best Podcast Out There." He says, and I quote: First time writing a review." But long-time listener, and this will piss you off, Ian and Ralph are killing it with reviews lately. Ugh. If you listen to the show, you know you got to put Ralph's names first. Yeah, you're killing my ego lately. <laughs> you guys are my go-to pod in the mornings when I'm on my way to work and at work. Or, or on my way to and at work. Definitely would love to hope on the cat. Probably means hop on the cast. And do a review of my two favorite Pink Floyd albums, Animals and The Wall. Keep rocking and keep putting out, keep putting those kiss tards in their place. Hell yeah. And uh, yeah, th those are those are two albums I would love to review. Animals and The Wall. Did we do The Wall? We didn't do The Wall, did we? No, I would remember that because it's my favorite album of all time. Yes, and it would be five hours long. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I would love those. Unfortunately, you didn't donate <laughs> and pick those albums. Yeah. It'd been nice if you did, but you did. Yeah, it reminds me of like every time I put up a video and somebody writes, "Hey, do this track by track." I'm like, that's not fair to the people that donate. Dude, you know, I haven't done a track by track where I picked the track by tracks, and I don't know how long. Dude, every track by track I put up in the past, like I think this year entirely, is all donated. And well, I mean that's what it, when we get when we get paid for it, it becomes a job. I mean you're you're getting paid to do your track by tracks. We got paid to do these fan episodes, so we made our bed. Yeah, no, I'm not I'm not bitching. I'm just saying. You know? yeah, oh no, no, I, I know that. Like like this guy. Oh, I would love to do this, do that. It's like, do you think that's fair to the people that? Donated for us to suffer through Galactic Cowboys. <laughs> you know, I mean, listen to it. I, I I can't stand that Galactic Cowboys album. The Wall is my favorite album of all time. But you didn't pay, dude. And you put <laughs> Ralph Ian in front of Ralph. Come on, give me a break. <laughs> but bless us, bless his heart. He gave us a five star review. So thank you very much, O Gutierrez ninety three. All these nuts. <laughs> All right, and then hold on, I gotta bring this one up. Uh, got some hate mail <laughs> on Podbean. This is better. Okay, well, yeah, we'll see. This is one uh, I was kind of 
debating on, you know, do I read this? Do I, you know, or do I just ignore it? You know, because it's kind of like, you know, I hate to be woke, but uh, hate speech. Uh, And there's some pretty offensive shit in this. So, you know, just a forewarning to our listeners, you know, this is is the usual wholesome stuff you hear on this show. This is a, this is a pretty fucked up uh, review. (laughs) I'm liking it already. And, uh, like I said, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to fucking ignore this. And then I was like, no, fuck it. I'll read it. I'll read it. Uh, this was left on Podbean. And this is from simply Ronald. Uh, Uh, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't use his last name. I'm thinking probably because his last name is French. I'm thinking this is like some retaliation for all the, you know, the French propaganda I've been spewing. I think I think his last name is Hagar. <sighs> All right. Well, this this is what Ronald uh, left on Podbean, and I quote: "Bear with me because it's kind of long too." All right. I've heard it called by different names all over the world, but it's all the same. Now there's so many ways to make love. A million ways I've been thinking of. Oh yeah. But there's only one way. There's only one way to yeah. So many things can get you high. I'm going to try them all just once before I die. And you can analyze this situation. To me, it's all just mental masturbation. Uh, There's only one way. There's only one way to... There's only one way. There's only one way to. Oh. Yeah, I'm offended. Now, I don't know what the fuck we did to deserve that. I, I don't think we're that bad. But, uh, you know, Ronald, I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, your, your, your dad fucked a French woman. Don't take it out on me. You know? Not my problem. Maybe you got us mixed up with Freeform. Yeah, and uh, I want to apologize to any listeners out there uh, who were offended by that review. Uh, But, you know, you you, you take the good, you take the bad. You take them both, and there you have uh, Ronald. (laughs) So, uh, enough of that. Enough of that uh, negativity. Uh... You went and saw a concert last night. How did that go? I have not got yet get to see your video review. So yeah. How did, how did you enjoy last night's Left to Die show? Oh, it was awesome. Um, I have no problem with the venue, but holy crap, I hope I never got to go there, get to go there again. Because it's in this section in Miami called Wynwood. And Wynwood is like, oh my, it's like fucking Mardi Gras. You know, you can't even walk anywhere. You can't find parking. And we finally found parking. It was 30 bucks. And, uh, you know, I got there late. No, you know, I, I, I missed the opening band, which I heard a lot of good things about. But I saw the band open, uh, open called Skeletal Remains. And it was fucking amazing. It was like a death metal band from, sounded like it was from the early 90s. 
It was just awesome. Or none of this melodic shit or, you know, techno, or technical death, none of that. Just stripped down, ugly, sick, disgusting death metal. They were fucking amazing. And then there was uh, Left to Die. Left to Die was just, oh my God, man. Anybody likes that early death stuff, you need to see this. You know, you got Rick Ross and Terry Butler that were on Leprosy. And uh, the singer, Matt, is just, he's an exhumed. And and also um, Scarecrow with a former uh, guest of ours on this show, Will Carroll. And uh, the guy's phenomenal. Then you have Gus Rios on drums. He's phenomenal. He played with Malevolent for a while in Evil, uh, Divine Empire. He's in Gruesome now. And uh, it was, so was Matt. And um, it was just flawless. But, man, meeting Mick Ro- Rick Ross, is, uh, as I discussed before, um, he's a fan of my YouTube channel. So he... Um, Put me on the list with with five friends. Like I take five friends with me, you know. So um, I go there. I meet the guy. He couldn't have been nicer. Now there's a guy down here, like a, a, a local concert metalhead legend called Morbid Mario. And um, I went. To, I go when I got there. You know, Morbid was talking about. Yeah, I showed Rick Ross this. I was like, Oh, where's Rick Ross? I want to meet him. You know, and. I met him and, and Morbid and me and Morbid's son went up to him. You know, we took pictures, we shot the shit. He couldn't have been nicer. And then he said, what size shirt you wear, Ralph? And I said, large. And he said it to Mario and then Mario's son. Walked and got us three shirts. How cool is that? That's awesome. Guy's a fucking shit. And uh, I was supposed to introduce them that uh, last night, but things got a little complicated. With my drug use. <laughs> so it didn't happen. Um, but, uh, my God. they All they did was they played... They didn't play it in order. They didn't do like, you know, what most bands do. They, you know, they played all of that leprosy, but they mixed it in with some Scream Bloody Gore stuff. Nice. It was fucking just... My God. It was just fucking badass, man. It was amazing. And Gramps is outside, and it started pouring at one part. But there was a behind the T-shirt stand. There was like a little roof thing that we all went behind and kept dry while everybody else was soaked. But by the time they came out, it stopped raining. And uh, I gotta say, it was just a phenomenal, phenomenal show, man. And I highly recommend. It's touring around the states. If it's coming your way, and you like that early death metal stuff, then get there early too. Because you've got to check out Skeletal Remains. They were fucking amazing. So, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I wish they were coming around here, but uh, unfortunately they're not. But uh, we were supposed to have them on the show before the tour, yeah. but maybe, maybe we'll have them on after the tour, man, because I'd, yeah, I'd yeah. love to talk to those guys. Yeah, I'll make it happen. Rick is a super cool dude. And I will say, the one disappointment thing last night was, oh my God, I realized last night for the first time in over a month, I missed my hair. Because <laughs> when they started playing Mutilation and I started headbanging, it felt weird. It was like, oh, this ain't good. You know, it's something about the power of hair swaying in the wind and the headbanging. Man, headbanging with no hair sucks. 
Yeah, but but when you're in the pit like that, everybody's like, oh, he's got cancer. Don't hit him. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and the great Kevin Warhoff was there last night. Oh, Kevin. Awesome. First time I've seen Kevin, and I don't know, I think since the pre-pandemic and shit. Oh, a lot nice. of people. Mark Kev was there. Hey, I got you Friday, bro. Hey, bro. He was there. I went with Ruben. Yes, I love that guy. Oh, yeah, and I went with uh, Josh, uh, the bass player. Oh, nice. Yeah, you oh, met gosh. him. Met yeah. yeah. We all went together and uh, saved some more gas money. Well, I got them on the list. So it's like, you can get in with me for free, so give me a ride over there, dude. Nice. Did Elsie go, too? Yeah, but she took an Uber there because, I don't know, she... She's in Philadelphia now. It's weird. She oh, she, li- she, li- she lives in Philly? No, she just went there for a show. Uh, oh, okay. But yeah, she was there. And not a lot of people that you don't know that I know uh, that I haven't seen since, you know, pre-pandemic. Because... What about Holy George? Is he there? No, uh, he lives in Tampa. Oh. Yeah. And, um, but what can I say? It was a floor. It was an awesome show. It was awesome seeing all my... You know, because all the shows I've been to since the pandemic aren't shows these guys will go to. They're too metal for that shit. So I finally got, went to a legitimate metal show that I haven't been to since pre-pandemic, really. And uh, yeah, I saw all my metalhead buddies, man. It was fucking awesome. It was great. And yeah, two thumbs up, and I highly recommend it. If it comes your way, go check it out. Right on. Well, now let's get into the news. And uh, Wendy Dio blew out candles for what would have been Ronnie James Dio's 80th birthday. Oh. Yeah, yeah. They they had a little ceremony at the uh, at the Rainbow, and they called it "At the Rainbow in the Dark." They did that on Thursday, July 7th. And of course, Eddie Trunk was there to tell everybody he met Ronnie James Dio. Uh, but man, that would have been a great, great fucking party. I know Edwin, uh, you know, he's in fucking Tampa right now. God damn it, he should have been there. But hopefully Vincent was there. Uh, man, I, w- I would have loved to go gone to that. Anything that honors the late, great Ronnie James Dio, the subject of last week's episode, which, uh, man, you know, like Dio ne- needs, uh, you know, any any fucking help but oh man just so glad to uh you know do a dio episode i actually listened to the new 2002 the remix edition of holy diver today oh, yeah. and i gotta tell you i didn't hear a whole lot of difference hmm. i heard i heard a little bit and now granted i didn't listen to the whole thing i heard a little bit of different stuff on rainbow in the dark but I listened to uh, Invisible and Shame on the Night, and I couldn't tell a whole lot of difference. So I, I don't know if it's worth picking up. I would have to hear the whole thing before I could give an honest review. But how about that fucking that artwork, though? Oh, I mean, I kind of like how they changed the picture of the priest, but Murray looks terrible. And I don't know who's been doing the Dio artwork since, you know, even before Ronnie died, but it's just like, it's not up to snuff. It looks like shit done on the fucking computer. It looks so horrible and so cheesy and, you know, to me doesn't honor, you know, 
the majesticness, that's a word, of, uh, of Ronnie James Dio. You know, you, you can't half-ass Murray, you know. That, you, that crease looks just like Andrew Jacobs. <laughs> look at him, man. It looks just like Andrew Jacobs. Yeah, yeah. The difference is that priest got laid. <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, it would have been nice to have been there for the eight. What well, would have been the 80th birthday of Ryan James Dio? And anything that keeps his memory alive and celebrates him is okay with me. Uh, man, somebody who's come under a lot of shit this week, and really. For all the things you could pick on this guy for, this seems so petty. But uh, apparently it's a big deal that Vince Neil uses a teleprompter. I, I really don't see what the big deal with that is. Yeah, and, and so many people, you know, use teleprompters. Rob Halford uses one. Uh, of course, Ozzy uses one. Okay, Ozzy's probably not a good example, but <laughs> you know what I mean? If Rob Halford does it, it's okay with me. <laughs> You know, I, I never had a show. Where I didn't flub a lyric. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you, you, you get that old and stuff, and you got to remember all those fucking. I'd like to see all the people bitching. You know, try to remember do. all. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It'd be bad enough you'd have to listen to all those songs, let alone memorize them. Yeah, I'll tell oh them all God. right now. All right, your 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 friend's phone number. Give it to me right now without looking at your phone. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, you know, bitch about the real thing, you know, bitch about Motley Crue going out there playing Motley Crue songs. You know, yeah. that's what you should be offended at. Look at that set list. That's what you should be bitching about. Not fucking Vince using a teleprompter, you know, but uh, yeah, enough of that. But yeah, a lot of musicians sticking up for him and some making fun like D. Snyder made fun of him, you know, but I'm really disliking that guy so much now. Yeah. And I love, I, I, D. Snyder's up there, one of my favorite frontmen, but I've never done drugs, so I remember the lyrics. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. You sound like Ted Nugent. Don't do that. I just, you know, drugs rule, man. Yeah. Drugs did some really great songs. Yeah, exactly. Listen, listen to music without drugs, then listen to music with drugs. Yeah, man. And and I'm glad Vince Neil has to use a teleprompter. The only thing is, you know, you would think for as many drugs as he did, there'd be better songs. But then again, Nicky writes it. Yeah, but you know what they did as a joke to Vince? They took out some words out of each song, so he skips words like he always does. Eh, 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 kick that behind. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently they misspell everything too. Yeah, yeah. But he gets that. Uh, he, he reads that. He reads misspell words right. See, well, where Dee Snyder would fumble on misspell words. See, how drugs are better. Yep, exactly. Well, something really cool, man. There's a uh, ACDC's Brian Johnson was photographed backstage at the Rolling Stones concert in London, and I love that. And I love the fact that Keith and Ronnie love ACDC you know and that's I mean just I mean the Stones are in a league of their fucking own but to you know and, and Keith is notorious for you know bands that he shit on that are considered legendary you know he's talked a lot of shit about Zeppelin and other bands and stuff but the fact that they're like yeah 
you gotta love ACDC. <laughs> you know, just speaks at volume how fucking amazing they are. And it was just so good to see Brian Johnson out and, and enjoying a fucking Stone show. That's that's fucking rock and roll. You know, I love it. I heard it was uh, actually not Brian Johnson, a taxi driver. <laughs> yeah. Who could tell with that hat on? Yeah. Uh, well, here's something that'll make you happy. Carlos Santana fucking passed out. Yeah. No, nah, you know, I, look, I, I, I saw, I, look, I don't wish death or, you know, nothing bad. You know, I'm no Ian, you know, but fuck him. You know, seriously, yeah. fuck overrated fucking share loving piece of shit. <laughs> I love I'm winning, man. That's the only song I like from that guy. And it's like a total commercial song. You know yeah. that song? I love that fucking song. That's, that singer is fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, a lot of people don't. That's a South African dude singing on that song. Is it? I didn't even know that. I, yeah. I I bought the record. I was at a record convention for a buck. I go, oh, this is the one with I'm winning. I'm buying it. Nah, I'm, yeah. I'm horrible, man. That, oh, that, yeah. that singer is great. No, I, I love Santana. And, <laughs> and I love that song. But that album sucks, man. But winning kicks ass. <laughs> yeah. Z-pop, it's called. Yeah. yeah, horrible album. Yeah, get a greatest hits. Don't buy that album. Uh, Neil Sean says he wants Journey to embark on an evening with type tour where they would play for over three hours every night. I would go see that. I'm done I, with them. I'm done with Journey, dude. Oh, really? Yeah, the last time I saw them, it's like, you know what? Why am I watching this shit? Really? I I watched some video the other night. Uh, they... I think they were starting up the tour or restarting up in Sacramento. I was like, let, let me see what this shit is. And I gotta say, God damn, does that little Filipino motherfucker sound good. Holy yeah. shit, did he sound just like fucking, uh, just like Steve Perry. I mean, so good. But I'm kind of like you. I, I don't want to do anything that supports fucking Jonathan Cain. Yeah, I'm with you there. I hate that fucker. Anything that puts money in his pocket. But, man, I, I you know, and, and Neil's been talking in interviews lately saying him and Steve uh, Perry are kind of patching things up and are in a good space. You know, but Steve's very, you know, he did a lot of interviews where he says he would like to be friends with, you know, like Neil and some of the members. But uh, he says he has no desire to make music with him. And that if they only want to be friends with them in order to get them to join the band again, then he's like, that's not really a friendship. And, and I respect, you know, his, his honesty there. You, you know, but do it, it no more. Look, I, I, I own that last Steve Perry album. He sounds great on it. But this yeah. is the studio album. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I saw that shit live where he went out. I think it was like in 2008 or 2017 with some shitty indie band. And yeah, yeah, it didn't sound good. No, and... And, and believe it or not, I saw that footage too, and I thought he sounded good doing the shitty indie band music. But yeah. when throughout the Journey songs, yeah, and it's like, dude, he can't do it no more. And you expect people want him to tour, but you know, then again, I mean, he does have some pride. Think about it, because Steve Perry can go out there and just croak the whole yeah. time. He'll fill up the place just like Kiss does. Doesn't yeah. matter if he sing good or not, but. You know, he has pride. He, you know, he knows what yeah. a voice he had, and 
no longer have it. You know, I saw the other day, uh, you know, 81, uh, Jonathan King's already in the band, but man, when they did Mother, Father, and the way he does those high notes at the end, holy crap, man. Man, what a fucking singer that guy was. He's one of the greatest. But, oh, yeah. But now he, he can't do it. But it's it's understandable, man. Anybody that has a voice like that, you're not going to sound good 40 years later doing that. Yeah, I, I mean, there's some, you know, there's some rare exceptions like uh, Robin Zander and Glenn Hughes. But, I mean, they're, they're fucking anomalies. But, and also, look, and you know me. And I, and I would even put Glenn Hughes and Robin Sanders above them as far as my favorite singers go. Right. But they both don't do what Steve Perry did. His voice True. is constantly high. True. Constantly, True. constantly doing that. You know, I think if, you know, Robin Zander, Glenn Hughes is constantly singing like that for 40 years, they'd be suffering today too. He, he had a voice where it really depended on young pipes. Yeah. But I, I tell you what, what, what I'd love to see, and especially after watching this video I just watched, even if Steve Perry didn't come back, but if you got Greg Raleigh, you know Steve Smith and Russ Valari, I'd go see it. Well, you that, know, they, what was the name of the band? You know, Sean did select shows with uh, Greg Raleigh. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. He was doing some solo shit, and it was. Uh, it was really good, and that was like maybe a year ago or so. Yeah, and, I want to see that. That I and, and Greg Raleigh still sounds yeah. really good. You know, and I, I know you don't like Santana, but Santana put out a record uh, maybe about three or four years ago, and he called it Santana 4 because it was, you know, the original band that played on the first three albums. You know, the ones, all the songs you hear on the radio were off like the first three Santana records. But Sean was on it too. Uh, yeah, because because Sean Sean that's how he got his start was in Santana, but I think he came in maybe after the third album. I have I have actually believe it or not I own a vinyl though the me down the one with Black Magic Woman that has Sean and Raleigh on it. Yeah, I do own that. It's like yeah. like some weird devil in the space and in, in outer space. And yeah, space. that that's Santana three. Yeah, that, yeah. I, I do on that. But, um, yeah, I would love to see that incarnation of Journey. Yeah, you know, and it, unfortunately, because of the lawsuit, I don't think you'll see Valari and Smith back in the band. No, that's but, okay. But, God, just, just to get Greg Raleigh in there and get Jonathan Cain out of there, you know, would be fucking amazing. But that, Doesn't Jonathan Cain have the most punchable face you've ever seen in your life? Oh, does he? Does he? Oh my god! I, you just want to smack him with a wet turd every time you see him. <laughs> and, and, and you know, every time you see him, it's it's that same like, you know, that that same puss on his face, and he, you know, he's releasing some new Jesus fucking song, and you know, get the fuck out of here, get the fuck out of you, you know, you're earning your your living playing the devil's music. You, you know, know what dies? You know the first thing that's going to happen at the. The gate of St. Peter is Jesus is going to walk out and punch him in the face. Yeah. He can't like, even resist. Yeah, he'll be like, I like Greg Raleigh. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you singing about me, bitch? Yeah, faithfully sucks. Oh, God. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I got to admit, I mean, if, if you like Journey, what I heard of uh, the new touring band, which is a mix of old and new, uh, was really good. And they've got three people singing now. 
because they got Arnell does certain songs. Uh, Dean Castronova or whatever the fuck his name is, he sings certain songs, and they got another keyboard player now. So Jonathan Cain's probably just standing on stage praying. Uh, uh, he sings certain songs, and all of them sound. It sounds like the fucking record, man. I mean, it's just mind blowing uh, how good it is. You know, you know, as far as like, if you want to hear shit that sounds like the record, and you're a Journey fan, check it out. But uh, oh, another sad story. Founding uh, Nazareth guitarist Manny Charlton died. Yeah, that 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 bummed me out. I love Nazareth. Yeah, I do too. And I I went back and uh, I don't know what made me do it, but I went and loaded like the first twelve Nazareth albums, like like from the beginning to like the early eighties. Oh, I know what it was. Uh, I, uh, Edwin Canestrat or. Eddie Canistracci wanted some Nazareth, so I sent it to him. And I was like, you know what? I need to put some more Nazareth on my phone. And I've been really enjoying it, man. You man, know, and the album I feel is extremely underrated. Is which one? Close enough to rock and roll. I yeah, think, yeah, I think that's that album's just the shit. That and you know, Hair of the Dog's the most popular one. It, it is my favorite though. Miss yeah. Mystery. I mean, there's a lot of great songs. Jesus Be My Guide, you know, Beggar's Day. Fucking, that's an awesome album. Yeah, I, I've really been enjoying it. Yeah, Manny uh, produced the early um, Guns N' Roses demos that came out on that big-ass box set. The whatever. Oh, no shit. I you didn't know, know that. You know, all those songs that came in that box set was like something city... Uh, sessions. And yeah, yeah. No, I, I know the box that you're talking about. Yeah, I didn't know he was the producer on that. Yeah, he box. produced he produced it and he made them do it all live. So it's all live. Oh, I, I, I like I, that. I don't I don't exactly know what happened, but he was supposed to produce Appetite for Destruction. But I don't know what happened there. But he did produce those early man, I don't know what they're called, but it's basically all their songs. Plus like November Rains on there and uh, I think there's a few live songs on there and used to love her and, and uh, it sounds awesome. I got it from Mr. X. Oh, awesome. When that box set came out. Yeah, I, I saw a pretty cool uh, thing on YouTube the other day. It was an interview talking about, you know, when Paul Stanley for a hot minute was going to produce yeah. Appetite for Destruction. And talking about how basically nobody in the band wanted him to do it except for Adler because he was such a huge Kiss fan and and what a dick they all were to Paul Stanley and I guess Paul Stanley was trying to give Slash some help like tell him like how you get signed with a with a guitar manufacturer and you can get free guitars and stuff and he was trying to help him out but Slash was a real asshole to him and uh, you know like yeah yeah whatever and then I guess he had slashed and blown a lot of money, you know, on drugs and stuff like that and sold some guitars and they need some new ones. And he called Paul Stanley back and, and said, hey, what was that you were saying about, you know, who should I call to get this? And Paul's like, yeah, go fuck yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I read something about that. And also, Paul Stanley, I, I could be wrong, but I know it's, it's in the realm of this. He told Axl Rose, I'm not. I'm not sure if it's this song, but he told Axl Rose the song "Night Train" shouldn't start with the chorus. 
Yeah. You know? and, and Axel's like, oh, fuck this dude. Yeah. Oh, and then, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just looking. There's not really. Oh, well, I will say this before I get into the last story. Uh, King's S. King's ex-guitarist, Ty Taylor, or Tabler, or whatever, however the fuck you say his name, is seriously ill, and uh, it don't look good. Damn. Yeah, and they, they had to cancel their European tour. They just say a serious illness. They don't say what it is, but but that sucks, because it's been a long time since King's X has really done anything. And uh, again, a band I'm not, like, huge into, uh, you know, but I did see him uh, open up for ACDC. And, uh, yeah, so I hope he gets better. I don't know what it is, but it don't sound good, you know. And and th- and they're older. A lot of people don't realize how old King's X is because they were old guys, you know, when they got popular. And I think they're all at least in their 60s, you know, or, you know. I, I, I think, uh, what's his name, Doug Pennick, the lead singer, I think he's in it, might be in his 70s or close to it. Damn. Yeah, so hope he gets better. All right, well, last story and uh, how how fitting it's last story because it revolves around God, and that is David Lee Roth. Uh, I saw this video today on YouTube. You ever see those uh, Full and Bloom, the Eric Bloom interviews on YouTube? I hate the intro, but yeah, I do like the show. But <laughs> goddamn that. Oh, yeah, shit. yeah. That oh, no. Isaac sounding fucking bullshit. Yeah, uh, everything terrible. in between the intro and outro is pretty cool. Well, they had one today, uh, and it was David Lee Roth, and it, it was quotes from an old uh, interview he did, I believe, in 1986 in Spin Magazine. And what I thought was so funny, he was basically talking about, you know, the breakdown of Van Halen, and you know how hard it was to get the Van Halen brothers out on the road and all this shit. But then it got into Sammy Hagar. And that's that's in the headline. You know, he's talking some shit about Sammy Hagar. So I'm like, oh, I got to hear this. And <laughs> it was funny because, you know, this is right when Sammy joined and Sammy was talking shit about Dave. And Dave goes on to talk about how, like, he can't believe this guy's talking shit about him, that he's, you know, never met him. He said to me, but he goes... I had a phone conversation with him and you know, he was being all nice and he goes, and now he's talking all kinds of shit about me and stuff. But apparently when he was in the studio recording crazy from the heat with Ted Templeman, Sammy Hagar called the studio all freaking out because I think Ted Templeman might've just done uh, VOA was the producer on that album. So Sammy's doing the video for, uh, can't drive 55 and MTV didn't want to play it well probably a because it sucks but B because he says ass in the song and at that time you know you couldn't you know you couldn't even say ass you know and now you can say whatever but anyway so he's like going on and on and freaking out and it's holding up the session so Dave's like give me the phone and, and he talked to Sammy and he told him he's like okay Tell me in what context it says ass and where it's at in the fucking video. And it's at a part where I think where the cop pulls him over and the doors slam. And he goes, okay, just cue it up to right where the, you know, when the, when the, 
when you say ass, the cop shuts the door, and then you you cut to like a stock fucking sound of a door slamming. He goes, case closed. Fucking go on. I got a record to produce here. You know, I'm in the I'm in the studio, and that's exactly what Sammy did. Oh wow. Yeah, and so it was Dave's idea to help him out with the fucking video. And then, he, you know, fast forward a couple months later, and, you know, he's the singer in Van Hagar, and now he's talking all kinds of shit about Dave, and Dave helped him out. So, I thought that was pretty funny, and fuck Sammy Hagar. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Dave put a little input in his fucking video, and it became as big as it. Dude, yeah. that bitch. Yeah, exactly. You need Dave to give you a hit, you fag. <laughs> He's such a bitch. Count Fagula. All right, well, speaking of bitches, we got an album to review here. And uh, this one is thanks to Stephen Fritz. He wanted us to review UFOs. And hold on, let me check here. I think this is another... 1982 album. I hope this ain't the one you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is released uh, February 1982. But UFO Mechanics. And uh, this is from the uh, Paul Chapman era of UFO, also known as Tonka. Uh, and and you, you told me after our last fan episode, you're like, you know, you pick one. Right. And I, and I looked and I was like, most of them, I'm going to be quite honest, we got a lot of fan episodes coming up. Either I already know I'm going to hate, or I just have a sneaking suspicion I'm going to hate this shit. Uh, there was a couple, I'm like, okay, that. But I was like, let, let me be adventurous with one. Let me try to get into this band. This is a band I've been trying to get into since 1988 I've had so many people tell me oh man Strangers in the Night man greatest live album all time gotta check it out oh UFO UFO so underrated you know oh oh man you gotta gotta get into UFO and it's not just friends you know it's musicians that I respect you know uh, Kirk Weinstein you know, we talked about it hanging out drinking one night. He's going on on and on about UFO. I'm like, all right, all right, I got to try it. And I don't know, man. I've tried and tried and tried with this band. Um, and I tried again today. So we'll, we'll see if today, you know, is the day that, that wins me over. But I will say... This is my first time listening to the Paul Chapman era, which, uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, you know, pretty much considered two eras of the band that people give a shit about. Uh, no disrespect to Vinnie Moore, who's their current guitar player. But, uh, you know, the, the, the 70s era with uh, Michael Shanker and then the early 80s with Paul Tonka Chapman. Um, so I figured, ah, fuck it. I, I'll, I'll give this one a chance. But yeah, this is a band I've, I've tried countless times to get into. And I will admit, there's certain songs I fucking love. Lights Out, I think, is one of the greatest songs of all time. I like Dr. Doctor. And that's a, that's about it. That's about it. I've listened to a lot of the 70s shit, the Shanker shit that everybody loves. And I'm like, I just don't get it. I've listened to Strangers in the Night. I'm like, 
I don't get it. I mean, Shanker's guitar, like, yeah, sounds great, but I'm like, really? This, you know, you put this up against uh, Unleashed in the East or goddamn, even Alive. <laughs> you know, one you of know, two. I was, was going to say that when you were saying how Kurt Weinstein was going on and on about Stranger Than Night and you heard it and it didn't do much for you. It's like going up to somebody saying, look, you can't get into Kiss. Listen to Kiss Alive. If you can't get into that, you can't. And right. if somebody that listens to Kiss Alive goes, no, then you're not going to get it. You're not going to oh, get yeah. this. Oh, my God. And you're not going to get UFO because that is the album that if you want to put anybody onto you. UFO, Stranger Than Night is the album. And if that doesn't do nothing for you, UFO is not for you. So, so spoiler alert, there's no way he's going <laughs> to like Mechanics if he didn't like Stranger Than Night. Well, I, I don't know. A no, different, we'll see. We'll see. A, a, a different guitar player. I don't know if that'll make a difference. Uh, we'll see. But yeah, this is my first time here in the Paul Chapman era. And this is something that you know, a lot of people pushed on me when I lived in Florida because I lived in the same town as Paul Chapman. And here's another thing that kind of like, I should say, retarded my even wanting to check out more UFO. Uh, you know, a lot of people talk about, oh, you know, Paul Chapman lives here in Palm Bay. You know, he lives in the Melbourne area where I lived. And, uh, and my girlfriend at the time cheated on me with Paul Chapman's brother. I think I mentioned it on the... No, on no, the, no you didn't. Oh, no, I'm pretty sure I did on, on one. But yeah, well, I guess cheating depends. We got into a fight and she fucked Paul Chapman's brother, who was also a guitar player. And he would play, he would play local bars where we lived in Florida. You still have her number? I love filthy whores. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't have her number. But uh, just go to Melbourne, Florida. I'm sure you'll find her. But so that was another reason. Oh, fuck UFO, man. Fuck him. Fuck him. Fuck him. Fuck him. But you know that. Brother, man. It, yeah, I know. You're going to hate Aki because fucking uh, Sylvester Stallone, Frank Stallone? Right. You know what? But hey, I was in my 20s. And at the time, I was obsessed with this girl. Now I could give a shit less, you know, and it's like stupid jealousy shit, you know. And I went in this album like. You know what? Fuck it. You know the guy didn't even know. You know she was my girl. I'm sure she just threw some pussy at him like a hua. <laughs> you know and oh he didn't. Well wait a minute. Are you dating like the funniest guy that does podcasts in the future? I better not do this. Yeah. You know so I, I can't hold him against them. But but I will say it put me off to checking out especially his era of UFO. But, uh, you, know, you know, today I could give two fucks, you know. So I did listen to it with open and honest ears. And, you know, we'll see if anything changed. But that is my troubled past with UFO. Uh, how about you? How did you discover these guys? And how big of a UFO fan are you? And are you a fan of all eras of UFO? Yeah, pretty much. Um, though the Shanker, uh, I prefer. But I love the Chapman era. And believe it or not, this this album, Mechanics, is the third one with Chapman. And right. I, I prefer the first two. Like, No Place to Run. You know who produced that album? The, uh, the great Mar George Martin. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's a great album. And I even like the next one, The Wild, The Willing, and The Innocent. That's my yeah. favorite for Paul Chapman. Now, Mechanics, I like as well. And I actually saw this tour twice. Uh, they opened for Cheap Trick. On the 
all shook up to her. And then the 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 show where Randy Rhodes and Ozzy was supposed to play with Foreigner, they were there. So and it was both in 1982. Wow. So I did see them twice. So yeah, I'm, I I've had this album all this time. And th- this is the last one with Pete Way until uh, the reunion in the early 90s with Michael Schenker. What an album that is. Walk on Water, was it called? Yeah. Oh, man, that's a great, one of the greatest comeback albums, if you ask me. Oh, okay. But, um, it's, the Mechanics, it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go, as, it's got some great song. Man, my favorite song is guaranteed, everybody, that Ian's gonna fucking hate it. There's no way. If you like my favorite song on this album, then fuck Pat's Blue Ribbon. Get back to Rolling Rock. Seriously. <laughs> if I could find it, I would. You know? I'm drinking uh, Pat's Blue Ribbon right now. All right. Well, since you are the UFO expert, you take the opening track, The Writer. You know, I usually hate songs that have verse, riff, verse, riff. Uh, but this riff is so fucking shit's a money shot. It's an awesome riff, so I dig it. But they had to throw saxophone in this shit. It, like, it's just—it's like a turd in a punch bowl. I think it's a good song, but it's ruined by those fucking. And it doesn't even sound like real saxophones, which is a good thing, because I hate saxophone real ones. But I find that so unnecessary. And it—it it is a great song, but you know, it, to me, it's—I don't know those sa- those weird sax noises like really annoy me but other than that i I love the writer what do you think (laughs) well that shows we're probably really going to disagree on this one because this one believe it or not is probably my favorite uh i'll be damned i like this song even with uh sammy i mean phil singing and i will say that probably my biggest detractor of this band is phil mogg I do not like his voice. His his lyrics are even worse. I, I think he is he gives Sammy Hagar a run for worst lyrics ever in rock and roll. Uh just really not a fan of his. And the songs that I do love from this band, it's all about the guitar playing. It has nothing to do with his lyrics or fucking uh vocals. But I gotta say, I like this song. And uh, the two things that stick out to me that I like the most is you're hated. Well, one of them. I love the saxophone in it, and I love the guitars. I gotta say, this Paul Chapman does some pretty fucking tasty licks on this. And I noticed that this is one of a few songs on this album that have writing credits from Paul Chapman. And spoiler alert, those tend to be the ones I love on this album. Uh, the ones where he's not involved, not so much. Even though there is one he's, he's on that I can't stand. But uh, I, I think they should have let him do a little bit more work. Uh, but I, I I dug this song out. This really kind of... I'm like, okay. I, I need to give this shit a chance. But then the next song hits. Holy fucking shit. The cover of Eddie Cochran's Something Else. First and foremost, maybe, the, you know, this is already sets it off on a bad note. I hate this fucking song. I hate this fucking song. 
I hated uh, the the Sid Vicious cover of it, and this version is even more. Just oh my god, it's it's so why, why 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 would you put this fucking rockabilly crap on this album? Uh, I, I I really hate and, you know rockabilly anything Elvisy Carl Perkins. I can't say I, I don't like rockabilly till you get to the fucking cramps and Reverend Horton Heat. Uh, but this shit, I've always hated this fucking song, but this is by far the worst fucking version. Uh, Sid Vicious version is way more talented than this. Overproduced, uh, just utter fucking crap. What do you think of UFO's cover of something else? Well, I agree and disagree. Um, I agree that this shit sucks. Um, stupid sacks. In this version, I love Phil's voice on this song, though. But I love Phil's voice. But what I disagree is, dude, I love the Sid Vicious version more than Eddie Cochran. That's the great <laughs> version of his goddamn song. I'll give you that. I love, I love Phil. I love Sid Vicious's voice. You know, it's it's snotty. It's you know as bad as his bass playing, but it's got this charm. You know, and I I, I love. His version, like that video, well, not really a video, it's from the movie Rock and Roll Swindle. And, uh, you know, when he's saying, oh, she's so good looking, man, and they show ugly ass Nancy. <laughs> she's and, so filled. <laughs> I love that shit. It's so else. <laughs> I love how he goes, Oh man, sometimes man, no talent is better than good talent. Man. Sid Vicious, yeah, damn good proof of that. I love Sid yeah. Vicious. You, you I hear love- that? You hear that, Mark Allen Taylor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready? No, 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 he's still tuning in. Um, but um, yeah, dude, this is terrible. Yeah, the UFO version is terrible. I love Phil's voice even on the song, but the song is just terrible. All right, I'll take the next one. Uh, back into my life, I gotta say, man, Phil's voice is so damn amazing on this track, but that goddamn chorus oh. annoys me to no end. Please, a little love back in my life. That please, oh my god, it drives me nuts. It's like you take out that chorus, I would love this song, but this fucking chorus is terrible. And and I'm not really glowing about this album so far, am I? <laughs> You seem to like it more than me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I hate it. I hate Back Into My Life because of the chorus. Everything else I like. Uh, let's see. Back in My Life. Oh, shit. Uh, here we go. This is the UFO I know and hate. Sounds like Michael Bolton trying to be fucking Bob Seger. And those fucking chick vocals in the chorus. Oh, my God. I, I heard the song. You know, it starts out. And... Uh, you know, I'm like, oh, great. You know, great ballad. Another fucking pussy song from fucking Phil Mogg and company. And, uh, you know, then I hear, like, you know, trying really hard to be something like Bob Seger against the wind, you know, that kind of vein. And I'm like, oh, this is so bad. And I was I was doing my first listen. And I know I told you, and I should have stuck to this, when I'm, when I'm doing these shitty albums, I should do notes on the first listen in case it's something so bad you know i i don't want to fucking you know hear it again but i was like you know what 
I, I have a pre-prejudice to this band, so I'm going to do two fucking run-throughs on the album. Both times when I when I did the run-through, I I couldn't get I couldn't get through this song. I had to turn it off at like the fucking two and a half minute mark, and it's only like three minutes and twenty some seconds. But it's like this is shit. This is why, in, in a nutshell, I think UFO sucks. And as underrated as they are, I think they're ten times overrated. Perfectly rated. There's a reason they haven't sold shit. It's because of crap like this. And lyrics like shoot, shoot. Um, ugh. Fucking horrible. Well, I'll go to the next song. You'll you'll get love. Uh, not offensive. Not offensive. This one didn't bother me. Didn't bother me, but, you know... That's a, that's not you know I think I'm sucking their dick and I think it's great, but it's not horrible. But I would rather hear and I kind of lumped this band in with uh, Y and T. There's another band I, I've heard some songs that I like a lot, and then I've heard so many other songs that I think are just so generic. And and both of the times uh, Dave Manichetti. And, and Phil Mogg, I, I kind of put in the fucking Sammy Hagar uh, box of annoying singers. Uh, but I'm kind of, I'm warming up to Y&T a little bit. A little bit more. Actually, a lot more than I've warmed up to UFO. I, I'm saying I'm giving Y&T more of a chance. But uh, yeah, this song, it, it's just okay. But nothing make me run out and buy the album. What do you think? Uh, you'll get love? Yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong with this one. Okay. It's almost got a deep purple, early white snake vibe to it. Killer guitar solo from Paul Chapman. I think this song kicks ass. Yeah, he wrote that. He co-wrote this one too, so it's one of the ones I like. It's awesome. I, I love this song. I think it's great. I'll take the next one, which is called "We Belong to the Night." No, no, no. no. What is it? It's uh. Doing it all for you is the next song. Oh, doing it all for you. Yeah, I like this one too, man. Um, it's got a. I like the melodic nature of it, and again, Phil Mogg's voice on it is cool, and Paul Chapman. He does a cool little licks on this tune. I digs it. All right. Well, uh, I gotta say, I'm, I'm right there with you. Once again, this one is co-written with uh, Paul Chapman, and I like it. You know, it's it's still it, it, nothing that stands out, but man, uh, the guitar solo on this saves it for me. I, I think Tonka's got a, a really fucking tasty solo on this one uh, that, that saves a song that could be, you know, just an eh, and he gives it a little something special. So I got to say, I got some respect for this Tonka guy who uh, unfortunately passed away two years ago on his 66th birthday. Ain't that crazy? Yeah, died on his birthday. And uh, like I said, you know, he was known around where I lived in Florida. He had a music studio there. He gave lessons. And by all accounts, you know, was was a pretty cool dude. And uh, I know there's a lot of people that, uh, that are UFO fans that, you know, are very, uh, you know, big on the Paul... Uh, Paul Chapman era. They're like, don't just you know write it off that Shanker's not on it. There was some good shit, and this song proves it because that solo was pretty fucking tasty. All right, well we'll flip this fucking 
album over and go to the next song, We Belong to the Night. And let's see what I think of this one. And my notes refer and say, I dig it. I dig it. So I, I can't say I remember how this one goes, but it did not bother me. Not Nothing nothing that would make me write anything negative. And uh, as far as I can tell, I enjoyed it. What do you think, Ralph? Slamming. It reminds me of um, uh, Are You Ready by Finn Lizzy. It's kind of got that vibe. And I, I would put UFO up there with Finn Lizzy as an extremely underrated band. And oh, that's Emma- fucked up. That's fucked up. No, it's not. Oh, Finn Lizzy is miles above this fucking band. I, oh, they are, but I'm saying they're, they're as underrated. But, yeah. But if memory serves me correct, they opened with this song when they opened for Cheap Trick. I, I believe this was the opening song they played. And to me, man, I mean, at that time, it's been diluted for the years. This is total early 80s metal. It's it's awesome. I think the song is fucking the shit. And also, Let It Rain, the next track, is fucking killer. Everything about it, from the power chords, that galloping section, the melodic chorus, awesome drumming from Andy Parker. Uh, this is a great tune. And uh, all members, man, are fucking killing it on this song. Let It Rain rules. I love it. There's a video for it, by the way. Oh, okay. Maybe I'll watch that and laugh. All right. Well, before I get into this, I just want to say, since you mentioned, you know, you saw him open up for Cheap Trick, I uh, read a pretty interesting review today on the interweb. Uh, Cheap Trick, as you may or may not know right now, is opening up for Rod Stewart on his current tour. Yeah. And... The, uh, the reviewer was saying like holy shit how the mighty have fallen for Rod Stewart and I don't like all of Rod Stewart's stuff but I think he just has such a, a classic amazing voice I agree but they were pointing out that like I think he's 77 maybe or se- he's 70 something I think he's 77 uh, that it's lost a lot of its luster and that he was struggling on songs like Young Turks and shit. Um, but they said on the opposite end of that, they said Robin Zander from opening band Cheap Trick, who is 69. And that just, oh, that that broke my heart. <laughs> he said 69. I know, but to think that Robin Zander 69, uh, they said Robin Zander sounded fucking amazing. Oh yeah, and I mean he—he he does. I mean it's one of those, holy fuck! You know how many people have a voice like that, let alone can hold on to it. But uh, you know, and I was so happy. You know, I was sad for Rod Stewart. I ain't got nothing against Rod Stewart. You know, um, but I, you know, I was happy to hear that Robin was sounding that good. But just to know that Robin Zander's sixty-nine, you know, just like. You know, I, I got to say something so cool about Rod Stewart, though. I saw this, like, maybe a few months ago. This guy's favorite artist is Rod Stewart. Favorite. And he's yeah. a cancer. And, I mean, the guy, dude, the guy's, like, in a wheelchair. And he can hardly, you know, talk or anything. And right. Stewart called him and sang him a song. Oh, man. And you should have seen this guy. 
I mean, oh. he can barely move or anything. But even with the little gestures the guy did, you could tell, dude, you just you just made you know my life. Yeah, yeah, oh. that's that's awesome. And it was a video of you know Rob Stewart and his big ass house next to the fireplace, and you know how he loved them and thank you for supporting. And I I can't remember what song. I think he sang um, "Tonight's the Night." I think. Yeah. Uh, I think it was something like that, and it was just yeah. so fucking beautiful. You know, and you see, I don't know, I guess the wife or a family member with him holding the phone and showing him. And you could tell the guy was like, you know, he can bar- barely move. Right. But you can right. tell. It really, like, man, I'm dying. And what you just gave me, it's like made me, made me feel good. You know what I mean? You know, like that. That's I, awesome. Yeah, I thought that was a beautiful you can see it online somewhere. I don't know how to, you know, would be the subject, but yeah. Well, I I will look that up because that that's a great story and a great thing for Rod Stewart to do, man. Awesome! It was so fucking. It was. It choked me up, man, watching it. Oh, that that is a cool story. Well, man, luck, luckily, you know, Rod Stewart was on the the other end of that phone and not Phil Mogg singing <laughs> this singing this crap because <laughs> that. That would have been the death kneel. Uh, but much like a song you talked about earlier, I did not mind this song. I actually kind of liked it until it got to the chorus. And then it just ruined it for me and ruined it like fucking hard, like a like a bullet through the fucking heart. I was like, hey, maybe I'm kind of warming up to this. And then the chorus to this fucking crap, which was the single to the album, so it makes sense there was a video. Um, oh, my God. The, the fucking chorus just fucking just fucking killed it. Uh, you know, just a bunch of, uh, you know, the chorus is just so foo-foo. And a lot of fucking this band to me is foo-foo. And I think it's funny that, you know, so many you know, hard rock guitar players, and not even like hard rock. I mean, there's, uh, I think it's uh, Mike McCready from Pearl Jam plays in a UFO cover band, you know, and, you know, Kirk Weinstein from Crowbar and Down. and So many bands that I, I look up to and, and musicians I admire are all about UFO, man. And I don't get it because to me, it is so. They make fucking uh, Kiss sound like Morbid Angel. You know, I there's nothing metal about this band at all to me. They're definitely you know within the hard rock spectrum, but to me, they're about as hard rock as Loverboy, or you know you know other bands that you know if you're around in the early '80s, you know you know Rat played with Loverboy and all these other bands, you know. And, and Billy Squire, and I love Billy Squire, but you know what I mean? They're, they're nowhere near heavy metal. You know, and it, it's, they're more rock than even fucking hard rock. There's nothing fucking heavy to me about these fucking guys. This fucking chorus is just like, what a bunch of fucking crap. But I'll take the next song. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take the next song, Terry. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking at Wikipedia and I, I, I'm looking at, okay, who wrote this? Who wrote this? Okay, this is the final writing contribution from Phil Chapman. And so far, he wrote three of the songs that I like on this album. The Writer, 
you'll get love and, and doing it all for you. And I'm like, hmm, okay, yeah, Paul Chapman. Okay, Paul Chapman co-wrote this one. I'm like, I like this one. Holy fuck, is this a fucking goddamn turd, uh, Terry. I'd, I'd rather hear Kyrie by fucking Europe. Hey. Has more balls than this pussy shit. This is really bad. I would have to say, so far, this is, is the worst song so far. And that's saying something, because I've heard Back Into My Life and something else. And, uh, god damn, I hope this ain't your favorite song, but something tells me it might be. Uh, what do you think of Terry? Might? This is hands down the best song on fucking... Oh, you fucking fag. You ah, fucking... And, 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 and I, I, I say that, you know, you know, and I, and I mean nothing against gay people, because this is, this is, you know, you know there's, there's a big misconception that, you know, gay people spread AIDS. No, they didn't. UFO fans spread AIDS. Not, right. not, not gay sex. Oh, my God. Really? Is this your favorite song on the fucking album? This is my favorite song on the album. Fucking quiz! <laughs> Dude, not only is this my favorite song on the album, I would put this as in my top 20 greatest ballads of all time. It's stunning how amazing oh. this track is. Oh! And, uh, I, th- I think it's a beautiful song with stunning vocals from Phil. Uh, I think this album should, this song should have been huge because it's a perfect ballad. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Absolutely love it. Um, and, but, you know, I mean, come on, man. In my defense, you love Without You from Motley Crue, all right? That's a good song. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Where you, you know it's actually not. <laughs> There's no way. Deep in your heart, deep in your soul, reach in yourself and think yes. of without you in my life, I slowly wilt and die. You're the reason I'm alive. Come on. I, st- I still I, it, Hey, hey, it's you better than it. glitter. You love it. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, of course. Uh, look, I reach deep inside myself and glitter fucking sucks. But I, I love it, you know? But I, I, don't, I don't feel that way. I don't feel like if I reached in deep in my soul, I would think that Terry sucks. I think this song is fucking gorgeous. And there's nothing like bad about it at all to my ears. Okay. Well, in, in my defense, maybe the reason I like Without You so much is uh, the Mick Mars solo. I, I really like it. I like that slide guitar bullshit like he's blues all of a sudden. <laughs> no, no. He's been bluesy since 85. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's got the he's got the city boy blues. Yeah, he's got the city boy blues. Uh, uh, yeah. All right. What do you think? It. What do you think of the next song? Feel it. Uh this is filler. Chorus is weak, and those oohs are bothersome. Uh, the rest is not bad, but it's not great either. Best thing about it is the tasty guitar solo, but it sounds like a bad, uh, a bad, bad company song. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that's what it sounds like to me. I don't like it. I don't like feeling. Uh, oh my god, I think it's so funny. You said it was bad company. You know, you made fun of bad company because listen to this song. I said it sounds like Poison trying to play all right now, and I hope I hope people hear this. <laughs> when, you know, because you always have the song going in the background. The beginning of this song, I swear to God, it sounds like Poison. This should have been on Poisoned. 
uh, doing all right now because that's what a fucking ripoff it is. And yeah, totally filler. Doesn't offend me as much as a lot of shit on here, but it's yeah, it's a shitty song. And I'll take the last song, Dreamin'. Oh, yeah. I, I was dreaming that uh, I, I might like this fucking album, but to me, this is a half-ass way to end this album. It, it's a half-ass song on a half-ass album by a half-ass band. So uh, apparently, it's uh, it, it sums it all up. This song does absolutely nothing for me, but I love our listeners. So I even listened to a bonus track that I don't know if you did, Ralph. Did you hear the bonus track that's on this album? Uh, what's it called? Heel of a Stranger. Nah, I don't know that song. Okay, you're lucky. All right, never mind. What do you think of the closing song, Dreaming? Oh, I love it, man. I think oh, it's God. Uh, a good rocking track. Love the riffs and Chapman's solo. And, of course, Phil's voice. And I, I, I remember it. Um, one time, uh, hauling ass on 95 with the windows open, cranking this song one night, coming back from a, I don't know what show at West Palm Beach, might have been an Ozfest show or something. Um, I dig this song a lot, man. I think it's a great way to end the album. It's one of the better tracks, you know? And, and I'm telling you, you, you see me, and I'm a big UFO fan, but I'm not glowing about this album, but when, I, when it's time to glow, I do, like, like Terry. Oh, Terry, Terry. <laughs> oh God! All right. Well, I did listen to. Uh, I have a deluxe edition of this because I'm a fucking glutton for punishment. But most of them were were live versions, and one was a sound check version. Uh, but there was a B side to "Let It Rain" called "Heel of a Stranger," and I decided to give it a chance because this is another one co-written by Paul Chapman. So I was like, all right, let me check. And it's, uh, yeah, you can totally tell while it's a B-side. I don't know, Ralph, maybe you should check it out, listen to it. Maybe uh, maybe you'll dig it. I got a, I got a sneaking suspicion uh, of what Paulie's going to think about it. Fucking quiz! But, uh, yeah, that is our review of the 1982 album, uh... Not the 82 album I wanted to review, Toto 4, but the 82 album we got, Mechanics, by UFO. And, uh, yeah, this was the last one with Pete Way, so definitely an end of an era there, because he was very important to the band. Uh, produced by Glenn Lyons, who uh, I believe he produced, uh, worked a lot with The Who. I think he produced... Uh, uh, Gary, Gary Lyons, yeah, I think he produced uh, Who Are You? Might have done some other shit for The Who. But uh, I don't think there's anything glaring uh, on the production here. It just seems pretty cut and dry uh, shit record to me. But I'm glad Ralph liked it, and it just uh, further cements what I think of UFO. Well, you liked it more than you thought you would. Yeah, yeah, I gotta say that. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the album. I did listen to one, like a 70s album I put on my phone, one of the Shanker albums. And I, I think I liked more songs off of the... Overall, the songs that I liked, I liked better on the Shanker album. But there were more songs that I could deal with on this one. So go figure. But uh, thank God uh, 
Michael Schenker escaped. Uh. Exactly. All right. Well, now it's time for you to sing your song. It's the only time that it's cool to say Ian before Ralph. I mean, not really that cool, but it's okay. Pick of the week. <laughs> All right. And pick of the week this week. Uh, you know, I, I was trying to keep in mind something, you know, for UFO fans. Because, I, you know, I see a lot of people from heavier bands, you know, that were into UFOs. So I kind of see them as like a gateway band. Uh, kind of like how Kiss was a gateway band for a lot of people. They loved that, and then they went on to heavier music. So if you like this and you like UFO, but you want to get into heavier music, uh, I'm picking 1983's Reckless by Brian Adams. You know, if you want to take it up a notch, you know, a little bit crunchier guitars, a little bit more heaviness, check out Brian Adams' Reckless. What year was that? Reckless, I believe, was 83. Okay, because uh, I saw, oddly enough, that show where Randy died and he didn't play with Foreigner, UFO, Pat Travers, and Brian Adams. So it was cut like a knife, I think. Right up. Yeah, but... but uh, do me a favor, check for me online. See if Reckless was 1983. Let's see if I can be totally spot on today. All right, give me one second here. <laughs> Google this bitch. Brian Adams. Uh, parentheses, not as good as UFO. What's the name of the album? Reckless. Reckless. Came out in 1984. Boo. Oh, okay. I'm wondering why. And I see Cut Like a Knife was 83, so let's see what was 82. Oh, he didn't have an album in 82. He had an album in 81 called uh, You Want It, You Got It. What's the hit on this one? Shit, I don't see no hits. Well, he wrote Rock and Roll Hell. (laughs) And one War Machine. Yeah. I could have sworn he played Cut Like a Knife that day. I guess, you know, man, it's 40 years now, you know. Um. Let me look at these songs. What, what song is fucking Reckless album? I know it was, it was his biggest hit. That's uh, Summer of 69. I think Heaven's uh, on that. I hate that song. Run to I You. Do. I like Yeah, that. I like Run to You. Yeah, I don't like Summer 69 either. I can't stand that fucking song. I got my first real six string. Motherfucker. at the five and dime. Yeah, it's just, it's overplayed. It's so and, overplayed. And come on, dude. He ain't that old. But yeah, Run To You, I like that. I like that little breakdown in the middle of that. Dare, 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 dare. Yeah, that's a good song. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, uh, yeah. I, I, I like the one he did with Tina Turner a lot. It's Only yeah, Love. Yeah, It's Only Love. Yeah, yeah. That, that's just, It's got a good riff to it, man. And Tina Turner, man. I fucking love Tina Turner. But anyway, yeah, if you want something heavier than UFO, check out Brian Adams. And also another pick of the week. You know, I got, I, I got a couple more... Uh, well, I should say video picks, not audio picks. Go rewatch the fucking Sopranos. It's so fucking amazing. And I love that that's a show that, of, of course, it was already legendary. But during the pandemic, I, th- I think they said the Sopranos was the most watched show. You know, that people were rechecking out or discovering for the first time during the pandemic. And just the genius of that. And uh, the late great Tony Cicero or Susudio, whatever his name was, Polly Walnuts, uh, man, 
one of the greatest shows of all fucking time, even with the ending. It's still one of the greatest shows of all time. And another video pick that I just ordered, and I'm so happy. Uh, Heavy Metal Parking Lot is getting a deluxe Blu-ray special edition. And I love me some Heavy Metal Parking Lot. This Blu-ray edition is filled with so hours and hours of extras. I think it's a two-disc set. You can get it through Vinegar Syndrome. Uh, go to VinegarSyndrome.com. It's under their partner labels. Uh, I love it. We were so lucky to to meet the director and some of the cast members. We met at, at a couple of Rockin' Pods. I believe both of them died. Both of the ones we met? Yeah, you're right. Or, or no, I think Wolverine's still alive. No, he died. Wolverine died too? Yep. Oh, man. Fuck, everybody's fucking dead. God damn. Stop dying, people. Shit's depressing. People need to stop dying. Yeah. Except for Sammy Hagar and his fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They need to start dying. We light them on fire. Let's help them. Yeah, please. If you listen to this. Come on, we're influential. Yeah, and you know someone who's a Sammy Hagar fan. Light them on fire. Don't give them a quick death. Give them a slow death. Yeah. Slow fucking death. Yes, before you light them on fire, hog time on top of a pile of red ants. Yes. Get your cats and dogs spayed and neutered and burn alive a Sammy Hagar fan. And and, and I will say this, you know, if, if, if you can only do one, you know... You only got one match. You only got so much gasoline because gasoline costs so much right now. Kill a fan before Sammy Hagar even. Yeah. Because you know, that's, you know, we were talking earlier, you know, off, off camera about cockroaches. You know, the fans are like the baby ones that spread. <laughs> get get rid of them. Sammy Hagar is already like 87. Yeah, he's the big roach. Yeah, it's just a matter of time. It's the fans you have to kill. Sammy Hagar has has no choice. He was born with that disability. But the fans, they're the worst. Oh, speaking of disability, Terrence sucks. Yeah, he sucks. Yeah. He sucks. All right, so Brian Adams, The Sopranos, and Heavy Metal Parking Lot, those are my picks of the week. And I cannot wait to hear what record from 1982 has got you all hot and bothered. Oh, my God. All right. And it's 1982. <laughs> it's a theme of 1982 uh, episode until Ian ruined it with his picks of the week. Yeah. Um, but all good picks except for that. I don't know. I don't know about that. I like Run To You, but... And yeah, the Tina Turner song's okay. All right. I discovered this on Monday. What's today? Saturday. Yes. I played it at least four to five times a day. And I ordered it on vinyl. It just got here. Oh, my God. Oh my god. And it's an album that was panned when it came out. This artist, uh, and and you will agree, is a god. He is okay. a god. Okay. And uh, he released a solo album in 1980 <clears throat> that went platinum. Big hit. Great album. Then he followed it up with this that was panned. And unfortunately... It fucked him up so much, he, he never went back to doing shit like this again. I am talking about Pete Townsend. All the oh. best cowboys have Chinese eyes. eyes. 
Oh my god, what a fucking masterpiece this is. Did did you watch the contrarians video? Is that what got you going? <laughs> well, yes, because Martin Popoff sent me a link when it was live. And I tuned in toward the end when they were talking toward the end. So I, I did watch it again after that. But this is what happened. I, I joined the chat and I wrote in a couple things because Martin brought up that he loves Pete Townsend more when he's acoustic. And I wrote in the chat, you know, uh, my favorite song off Quadrophenia is I Am One. And then uh, he wrote me on Facebook. We went back and forth and I said to him, he said, oh, man, the show's ending. And I go, you know, I love Glass Houses. I mean, gl Empty Glass. I never yeah. listened to this album. I don't know this album. So I'll give it a chance because these two are really glowing about it, right? <clears throat> and believe me, they're... Well, let me just finish the story. So before I went back to watch the episode again, I went on YouTube and listened to the album. For, uh, first time hearing it. The first song, Stop Hurting People. I'm like, yeah. I don't know about this, but the rest, the sea refuses no river prelude. And then when it got to Faith Dances Part Two, I was like, oh, I remember this song. I remember hating it because MTV, early MTV would show this video all the time. And remember that video, Herbie Hancock um, with all those little robot things? Yeah, this one had it years before Herbie Hancock. It had... You know, all the little robots and talking like shit. And I'm listening to this song, you know, after 40 years, because it's 40 years now. And I'm like, God, this is a really good, catchy tune. You know, I, I like it now. I, I don't think it's bad. Then it exquisitely bored, and then communication fucked me up. I was like, whoa, this is fucking amazing shit. Uh, stardom in action uniform is really weird, but awesome. Uh, North Country Girl, Somebody Save Me is amazing. And the last song, Silk Skirts, which is badass. Love it. Totally melodic. There's something about Pete's voice, man. I would say, man, as much as I love Daltrey, I love Pete's voice more. It's got this, I don't know, sultry kind of... Uh, I don't know. It's just... It sounds so clean but strainy at the same time. It's like he's strainy. Yeah. It's beautiful how he strains. There, there, there's an angst to it, you know, like, God damn it, one of these days the cops are going to find my porn. <laughs> Which he was unfair. Well, I ain't going to get into that. But, um, my God, it's a masterpiece. And, and now I like Stop Hurting People, the first song. Which I didn't dig on first listen, so. It's a kind of weird song to open the album. It, it kind of like, oh man, what is this? But the rest is great, man. But, you know, and then and then after I listened to the album, I took my walk and listened to the episode that Martin Popoff did with this dude called Ralph <clears throat> that really went really deep into, you know, because I don't know what these songs are about. And, you know, it's, um, you know, Pete's talking about how awkward it is when you're a young kid and you like a girl and you don't know how to go about it. And, and, you know, it was really very educational, the episode. And it just added, I was like, God, that's so cool. Let me listen to it again. I listened to it like three more times that day. Woke up the next day, put it on again. And then it took my walk. I put it on. I just can't stop listening to this fucking album, man. And I'm not aware of Pete Townsend stuff, except for Empty Glass. I own that. I love that album. Yeah. 
But this, man, I would put it above anything after Quadrophenia. But, you know, maybe I'm just swept up on, on the newness. It is for me at the time, but, you know, and I love It's Hard. And that's another thing. He was very prolific at this time because It's Hard came out like a couple months after this show. And It's Hard is a damn good album, I think. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it was shit on by a lot of people at the time. But I, I think there's some good stuff on it. Oh, man, uh, War, that War song and Eminence Front. Yeah, I know No War. I think, I think yeah, that's the name a, of it. Yeah. yeah. Such a great tune. Eminent Front, uh, Athena. Yeah, uh, it's hard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, actually, funny enough, I didn't know that, that this was uh, looked down upon at the time of release because I've always heard good things about it, but I haven't checked it out yet. Yeah, so. it, it didn't sell well. It was panned by critics. Um, yeah, I read into it, too. I, I, I looked at some reviews and stuff. And it's amazing to me because I think this album is... And Empty Glass is awesome. I think there's a step above it. And it's also yeah. very different than what you would expect from Pete Townsend. Um, like, especially like Uniform. It's like, what the hell is this? It's so weird and quirky, but I love it. Silk Skirt, I would say, is the closest to like a Who song. But you know, stuff like Face Dances and Communication to me is like, dude, that shit to me is groundbreaking. It's like, I've never heard anything like this and it's amazing. It's kind of heavy. But it's got this very eclectic, kind of sporadic feel to it. It's it, it's a song that sounds like, you know, it's a song driving up a mountain, but really close to the edge where it's going to tip over. It, it, that's the vibe I get. It's like a very dangerous, crazy fucking song. Pete Townsend, yeah. all the best cowboys have Chinese eyes, is my pick of the week. Well, you know, and it could have been, you know, the title of the album could have turned people off. He should have said, you know, all French people suck. <laughs> and and th then he would have had, you know. Dude, that shit would have been sold as much as Thriller. Yeah, you know, people have been, oh, I get behind that, you know, but you can't say Chinaman. Uh, but no, I, I would check it out. You know, that was a weird time uh, for The Who and an album that I really love a lot. Which, I don't know, there's so many things about it that you would think I wouldn't like it, but then there's a lot of things that, that I would, but John Enswistle put out an album called Too Late the Hero. I love that album. Love it. I've got, and that's one I went out and got on vinyl. Uh, you know, Joe Walsh plays on it, some other people. Really good album. I mean, there's, it's very, there's a lot of like 80s, you know, dated sounds to it, but, uh, but I really dig a, it. A rocking album, though. Oh yeah, but but the, the the title track "Too Late the Hero," it, there, there's something about it. it it's just so uh, sad. It's one of those like when I hear it, I'm almost like you with Daniel. I want to cry for some reason, and I don't know why. There's just there's a sadness to the song that just touches me, like Pete Townsend touches children. No, but, he uh, didn't do that, dude. Oh, oh, oh he didn't. Okay, yeah. never mind. Never mind. All right. Well, some interesting picks of the week, and I will definitely check out that album. I know I have it, and I will load it up on my phone, and I will let you know what I think. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, I don't know if you'll like it or not, because you're a weird dude. You know, but I'm weird, too. I don't like yeah. a lot of shit you like. But right. I, I mean, it's not something... To me, it was kind of like, this is so new to me. It's not right. what I would listen to. 
but it was so to me it's like groundbreaking you know it's like fuck man why this should have been huge uh, dude i mean how old were you in 1980 uh, in, four it, no in 80 i was six well, may, maybe you do remember "Let My Love Open the Door" and oh, oh yeah, no, that was all over the radio. Yeah, that was all over the radio. That was a huge hit. I mean, that album. I, I, I I'm not for sure. I'd have to look up on it, but I think that album sold more than uh, "Face Dances" and it, it might have. I, I mean, when I was a when I was a little kid, I thought uh, "Let My Love Open the Door" was a Who song. You know? <laughs> yeah, I think it was the, the biggest thing he released. Uh, you know, I don't think he's done an album as popular since, even including his Who album. No, and I remember, like, I remember, and I think it was 84, that White City came out and uh, Face to Face. I like that song, too. Yeah, I gotta look into shit like that. I, I downloaded all of it. Uh, yeah. White, oh, let me look it up, man. What's it? Dude, Charlie bought me this album, and it's amazing. Uh, hold on a second. Looking for it. Um, it's called Cycle Derelict. Oh yeah, I remember when that came out. That was early, not like '93, maybe. Yes, uh, yes, Ian, you're on a roll. God damn it! Yeah, I'm two for. I'm two. Yeah, two except for, for Brian Adams. There you suck. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I tell you, man, uh, Charlie sent me this. Like he sent me the vinyl, and yeah. I was blown away by that album. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll check out that. That's a concept record. I don't yeah, there's two versions of it. Charlie said right. that had kind of like news things in between songs. Right. And but it's really, really good. I believe that's Charlie because I wrote Charlie Hill the other day. I texted him about this. I said, "Dude, have you ever heard this fucking album?" And he's like, "Dude, that album's amazing. He loves it." But Charlie's favorite is Cycle Derelict. And I loved it though, man. I, I really and I I got to put it on again. But today, after this shit, you know, all these days, listen to it. I went. It, uh, I got White City. I got Scoop. I got the Iron Man. I got all pre-towns and stuff. I'm gonna. Yeah, I've, it, I've heard I've heard bad shit about Iron Man. I know Scoop is like a. Uh, that's like an odds and sods kind of like unreleased stuff and demos and shit. Hmm. There's Scoop, and there's also one called Another Scoop. Yeah. And yeah. then I think there's, there's like, Scoop 3, uh, which I don't think Scoop 3 was a was an official release, but it was, like, leaked on the internet and shit. But, uh, yeah, I, I would definitely check it out. Yeah, I, I absolutely love it. So, yeah, I downloaded all of it, including, like, he did he did a solo album way back in 1970 I never heard. Right, Yeah. I got an album to do or something like that. I think it's something like who's who came first. Or yeah, who came first? Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. I'm gonna check this all out, but man, I gotta tell you, man, this this album just blew me the fuck. Yeah, up. I, I love an, another good one to check out is John End uh, John Endwhistle's first one, uh, Hammer Smashed Face, that. or or something like. That. No, it's 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 something like that. I know that's Cannibal Corpse, but it's like Hammer Against the Face or some shit like that. It's real close to it. The title. But check it, the title track is fucking killer. It's really good. Well, I will definitely check it out. All right, well, now it's time to go into Fan of the Week and the son of a bitch that made me listen to this album. Uh, <laughs> and little funny backstory. A lot of the people who donate, I know. You know, I, I, I know from the Facebook page and stuff or I've talked to or 
you know, you know, the names ring a bell. And I was looking at this one, and I was like, Stephen Fritz, Stephen Fritz. And it kind of sounded familiar. But I was like, ah, you know, let me let me check out and see what he adds to the page and what he does, all this shit. Not even on the Facebook page. <laughs> so I don't know what happened. I don't know if this guy, like, gave up on the show because of the fan episodes. <laughs> or, or, you know, he, he left when we split up for a while. But uh, no record of him on the page. So I don't know that much about Steve. I call him Steve Fritz the Cat. Because he picked a pussy fucking album. Hey. Hey. He picked it because he's horny, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but regardless whether he listened to the show in the past or whatever he did, the guy put his money where his mouth is and he picked this album. So I uh, thank you, brother. You are our fan of the week. And uh, if you love, come back. Come back. Maybe, maybe this will pop up in his news thread. He'll see his name and go, oh, I'll check that out. Nah, he's running around calling us a bunch of Benny Vincents and his fucking show is a box set. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, maybe he'll like the show because of the, you know, the fake Kiss titles I, I'm putting now. Yeah. Uh, which which did very good on the, uh, what episode was that? The first one where I, I did that title. Oh, uh, uh, um, fuck. I remember. Oh, S- Sanctuary. Oh, yeah. Nobody would have listened to that. Yeah. Oh, but I, but I put Kiss ads, Mark St. John's controversial VHS collection to the Kiss Museum. That was awesome. And, and man, the numbers have gone up. And as the time we were recording this, I'm getting ready to put up the next episode. And wait till you see what I put on that one. Definitely, I, I think I was definitely, uh, from now on, at least through the, the fan episodes, I'm just going to come up with the most headline-grabbing gla- clickbait titles I can come up with. Yeah, and then when we start doing our own episodes, you can stop it. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm going. But I'm going ahead. I'm adding one to the deal. I add one to this one. We're just going to make up some crazy shit, and I guarantee you, uh, either it's going to drag in some old listeners, or it's going to get some new ones. Like, oh, I got to hear that, and boy, are they in for a treat. <laughs> Bait and switch. Yep, because Kiss fans are stupid. Yeah, they're dumb. <laughs> All right, well, if you like this episode, come back next week when, once again, it's something you assholes picked, so don't get mad at me. It's all on you. Get mad at me, because you are anyway. No matter what I do, you're going to blame me for whatever the fuck Ian says. Yeah, yeah, just keep that in mind. Whatever album you pick is going to make Mark Allen Taylor quit the fucking internet for a minute. (laughs) Ralph's right. Ralph's right. I've got to stop the podcast. Find out more next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Freeform sucks.